chilling with Quillen. Sometimes I, you know, we do wait till Fridays like we do in the fall. But lately, man, it's just any time I kind of feel like, God, I'd like to talk to Curtis today. Just call him up. And um, Curtis, uh, welcome back to the program. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's nice to finally hear some say some uh, hear someone say that they they get to talk to me instead of oh this guy again. No, you know all these uh, area coaches, they look forward to it, and they're like, oh Curtis Quillen's coming out here. I better dress up today, and they that's kind of the that's kind of the way they approach things. Boy, I tell you, I was sad though for my university friends, the great Kent Laster. Yeah who will be on at 5 o'clock today with us. I mean, I'm mad at him, but I'm still going to have him on. No, he's a, he's a good friend, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him, but sad for university at the same time. Um, and this, one, this one's tough because of kind of when it happens, and, and I, I understand why the Denton Braswell coach left to go be uh, – he went to be the offense coordinator at Heath, which is a weird move, but – it's with this famous coach who had gone from Highland Park. There's a whole explanation for this. But they weren't doing that well at Braswell. And and I'm telling you, Kent loves a turnaround. And especially at a place that's a new school, probably a lot of great athletes. And he'll do really well there. But, uh, I, I Curtis, what was your immediate reaction to uh, to hearing that news? I mean, it felt like a gut punch for university, right? Like they finally have a great season after just years in, in, in the cellar, right? Like this, this is a school not that far removed from a 47-game losing streak that finally got snapped in 2018. And so it, it's just a gut punch for that community. Um, and I don't fault, you know, Kent Laster at all. I mean, this is a guy with a family. This is a guy who had an opportunity in a district with, with more resources, better athletes, uh, and, you know, more opportunity for long-term success. And, I mean, I think you and I, if we were both coaches, Matt, we probably would have made the same move. And so this is – it's just – it felt like something was finally starting to click there in South Waco, and then this happens. And don't get me wrong, there's still a chance that – you know, if they hired Kent Laster once, they could hire someone like him again to lead university. I think he was the perfect hire at the perfect time for university. And so now it's kind of, okay, what are we going to do now for Waco ISD moving forward? I like the fit with Lyndon Helt at Waco High. Uh, year three will be, you know, a big one for him over on the west side of town. And then on the south side of town, it's uh, – it's going to be it's going to be an important hire this this off season there. Do you have any read on what direction I you know Kent will probably take some of his coaches with him? He'll put together a staff from different places, maybe across the state. But they're they're probably um, I've heard good things about other people you know on his current staff that might have an opportunity to take over a job like this. Any. Any in-house candidates that that you're hearing might might have a good shot. I mean, your normal ones, your coordinators, your your you know your quarterback coach, your running backs coaches, like guys yeah. that have been in influential roles under under Ken. I mean, look, yeah, he'd be the first to give credit to his kids, give credit to his staff, and so the 
the administration is obviously going to want to keep this ball rolling in the same direction. They like the, what, what happened last year. Uh, I think that the community would want to try to keep this thing going. Look at what Temple did whenever Mike Spradlin left. They went, they went to Spradlin's guy to, you know, basically Mike Spradlin with a new with a different name in, in Scott Stewart. And I think that there is a very realistic chance that Waco ISD looks inside and says, is there a guy who will keep this train moving that direction? And if the answer is yes, and he wants to stay, then I think that we see this as an internal promotion. Um, the fact that it's taking as long as it is, I've been told during this cycle, not related to the university job, but to other jobs that are open in Central Texas, means that the district might want to look at outside candidates as well. So I'm, not, I'm very curious about what winds up happening. Um, you know, if they were going to, if, if the administration was dead set on an internal promotion, to me, it might have happened by now. I don't know what the district's bylaws or what, you know, Waco ISD's bylaws are, policies are. Um, and I'm not an expert on state employment law when it comes to state agencies like Waco ISD is. Um, and so to me, though, having seen what happened in Galena Park when John Kay left North Shore to go be the linebackers coach at Rice, um, if you were dead set on being an, on, on promoting from within, it's done by now. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Although this hire is happening at an interesting time, Curtis Quillen, Channel Six, joining the Matt Mosley Show. You hear him a lot. You always look forward to it. All his Channel Six and news directors over there, they all gather around to hear the young Quillen on with me. Um, how about that? I like that that Baylor softball next weekend. Of course, that's April twenty first, twenty second. In 23rd, get the spring game going on. That'll be exciting. But OU come into town, that is a sellout. Um, yeah. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised given what happened early this, earlier this season and given how the Bears have followed that up with some great wins. But uh, Curtis, as a man who's uh, – you've called a few of those games uh, on uh, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I would say the uh, softball – while that was a setback, what happened against Oklahoma State, your alma mater, uh, a few weeks ago, boy, they have bounced back nicely, and that is shaping up to be. And of course, they may get swept. They could get swept and play well because that's a right. that is one of the most dominant teams uh, programs ever in any sport. But isn't that exciting to to kind of to to have a big time softball series coming up that everybody's already bought all the tickets to? The fact that there's buzz at that complex in the spring, it, it's fun. And, I, you know, I'm, you know me, I, I cover the team. I'm not a fan. But it's fun to go into the ballpark knowing that there's excitement when you walk in there uh, versus the other way around. And so I think it's huge. The, the fact that, you know, Oklahoma's only loss this season is in that ballpark. The only, uh, you know, the moment where everybody kind of went, well, dang, Glenn might have this thing cooking this year was when they beat OU in that ballpark. And the thing that's going to potentially keep Baylor in the hunt for a Big 12 championship um, is the fact that they beat OU once in that ballpark and could do it again. And you're absolutely right. They could get swept and play well. Um, I think they let you know a series win beat them 
two weekends in a row with that loss to Kansas on Friday night uh, a couple weeks ago. But I, you know, they they played well Saturday. They played in that doubleheader, and they got they salvaged the series after that. They go to Tennessee a week after you know the Kansas series, and they and they do really well in Knoxville. Um, and so I think that there, this buzz that's kind of around the Baylor program right now uh, is incredibly palpable. And you know, if they can get their RPI rating up with a win, another win over Oklahoma inside Getterman Stadium, then you could be talking about getting the RPI number up to a point where we could be discussing Baylor hosting in in the first weekend in the NCAA tournament for the first time in mm. six years. Well, how fun would that be? The Bears today uh, jump out to a 6-0 lead and now clinging to a 7-6 lead as uh, uh, in the uh, third inning, okay? Go to the bottom of the third there against ACU. So kind of keeping you posted as the Bears go about their uh, their business. Curtis Quillen on with us. Uh, Curtis, what did you make? I mean, this, this Pac-12 stuff is funny. Part of it is you have to parse through all the goofiness out there and everybody who claims to be a source because what we're learning is there's some of these characters out there that they have a little inside information, but they, they don't mind throwing a bunch of it against the wall, and you can't, they can't be trusted. And one guy that I've seen like that that does seem to have some interesting theories and news, um, the Colorado AD felt the need to respond to him. And, and basically yeah. say, this is absolutely not true. And, again, it was just one of these random, it's like MVH3 or something. Like, I don't even know who this person is. And and you may, Curtis. I, I've, I've kind of followed that person just because they say some interesting things. But I also know not to retweet and take that stuff for the gospel. And, and it's just weird that the an athletic director from Colorado would feel the need to respond from somebody who is obviously not some sort of great mainstream type source. Um, and, and so, uh, and I think it was being reported that Colorado was going to maybe make a decision by Monday at their meeting or whatever to whether or not to leave for the Big 12 or, or stay in the Pac-12 or leave for the, back, the right. Pac-12. Um, are you, and by the way, I'm kind of getting excited thinking about Coach Prime and his program if this thing does come to fruition. So my thing is one of the rules we operate on is when we're if we're going to go and seek out confirmation, it's going to be from a credible outlet. In the Pac-12 and with everything that's being reported right now with the Pac-12 and with the Big 12 and the way that the two stories kind of commingle, everything that's going to get broken on that is going to come from, to me, four people. It's either going to come from John Wilner, John Canzano, Dennis Dodd, or Pete Samuel. So when I see an account like the one you're talking about, and I don't know who that is, I don't even follow them right now. But when I see an account like that one tweet what it does, I'm like, okay, maybe. Because there's always a chance. Remember, there was an account like that that predicted USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, and it turned out to be right. And so, you know, I it, okay, maybe. And the Colorado AD giving it juice and saying this is absolutely false only tells me that things are not going well in the Pac-12 right now. Look, everything that's getting reported at the – network level cbs espn stuff like that is getting leaked by the big 12 
is my understanding. I don't know that, to, you know, that's the way it's been explained to me. Um, not really any way to kind of confirm that. Uh, other, otherwise, like, look, we saw two ADs set deadlines. Uh, you know, we're expecting to have a new media deal done by the, by the bas- uh, during the basketball tournament. Well, they haven't announced anything. Basketball tournament's been long, long over. Uh, we'll have it set up by, like, April 15th, basically tax day. Well, tax day's Monday, and we, don't, we haven't heard anything about them getting close to a deal. And so I don't think things are going well in the Pac-12 at the moment. As far as talk, you know, they could get a deal still that, you know, everybody in the conference likes, that the 10 schools left like. But the fact that it's taking this long and that there is all of this kind of, well, I'm saying this, I'm saying, like, there's no uniform message from the conference. It's why you see the Colorado AD responding to a, for all intents and purposes, a random Twitter account that this rumor is completely false. And I don't think that the Colorado athletic director understood that by doing that, he wasn't dousing a fire with water. He was opening a diesel can and pouring fuel on it. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, interestingly, the, the person did delete that tweet, and as Aaron reminds me, uh, that was the same. This is the same account that first had the USC UCLA, and uh, and so we might. It's one of those things. We I don't think we well, want to use this as a main source, but we probably ought to keep our eye on whoever this person is. In fact, I'll uh, I'm looking at it right now. M H V E R three. Uh, is that is the handle so very interesting kind of a random handle there and in fact i was going to look and see how many followers that thing has anyway uh it's uh it's fascinating to watch this play out but I, we were having the argument the other day like if you could pick anybody from those four corner schools early on i was kind of thinking more arizona because i was thinking basketball and how great that program's been and that would be fun to have them in basketball but football drives everything and Man, the Utes have been the best of those four programs easily, but Dion's bringing so much juice right now, and and right. making them relevant that that would be a tough decision. Like if you're going to just choose football, I I would still say Utah ahead of Colorado, but Colorado second, and and of course Lively and those guys will be mad at me, but like Arizona State third, Arizona fourth is the way I would rank those four corner schools, but just simply because Dion has made that thing way more interesting. I don't think necessarily it's ranking them one through four is how the Big 12 is going to look at it. I think the Big 12 is going to have... No, that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, that, I, I agree with you. That's, that's my rankings, yeah. To me, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head if, you're, if you are going to sit there and rank them one through four, but if you're talking about value additions at the moment from a television perspective, how long is Dion going to be at Colorado? We don't know that. But also, how long is Arizona and Arizona State going to be bottom dwellers in the F, in the Power Five? We also don't know that. And so, yeah, if I'm ranking the pairs, I'm still thinking that Arizona Arizona State might be a one-two punch. But having Colorado with Dion, that's a heck of a sell to the television networks. And so you could be talking more about a 1A, 1B as far as these pairs with Utah and Colorado and Arizona and Arizona State. 
Um, I can see a world where the Big 12 adds all four four corner schools. I can also see a world where the Pac-12 finally announces a new deal. Everybody that's left stays, and the Big 12 moves forward um, in its current in, in its current form with the addition of you know the the three schools from the American plus BYU and the loss of the Red River schools. All right. Um, I was just going to, you know, I always give you advice when you come on here, unsolicited advice. I'd like to see you, uh, you were lively, come to DAC for that 21st, that's the, the Baylor women will be in the Big 12 championships at Dallas Athletic Club. All right. And that'll be just right, you know, a short drive, get some great footage. And uh, Sarah Hasegawa has become one of the great players in the Big 12. And uh, our buddy Jay Goble is loaded, man, at that position. And then, of course, the, the men are playing well, and, uh, and they'll have their, all their championships coming up here soon. So both, both uh, golf programs are doing really well, and uh, I've had both coaches on. So I just wanted to, Curtis, I know you've got, you got baseball, you've got softball, you've got a lot of things to cover. But as we get into the spring and we get into these championships, keep Baylor golf in mind, okay? I just want to. I just want to kind of lobby for those programs. Sounds good, Matt. Thank you, man. (laughs) Okay, I didn't mean to ruin your day. I mean, sounds like like Curtis was very – all right, there he goes, Curtis Quillen on the Matt Mosley Show. I feel like he he lost his his power there at the end. I took his energy away from him. He was just like, all right, Mosley, whatever. I got to actually go do some work now. Uh, that was very nice of Curtis to jump on with us today. Kind of a uh, kind of a last second deal, but man, I just some days I'm just kind of like it'd be fun to visit with Curtis, see what he's up to, and he's always got thoughts. He's always got thoughts on things. He's just he's very connected and he's very thoughtful. All right, and um, he and Lively have uh, formed one of the great duos. One Nicole over there does a great job. Really, I guess I should say trio. Um, all right, Aaron, it is time for Campus Confidential. Aaron Sexton has compiled some of the biggest stories out there. He and I will bat those around. And, well, warn 